0: Welcome to The Aggressive Life. Uh, Over the month of August, we're going to do a deep dive into each of the five marks for a man. These marks form the primal code that separates the men from the boys. And today we're going to look at the fact that men work. And we're also going to talk with one of my heroes, one of my all-time heroes. Heroes. I think they're our, our number one podcast most listens to is what? Most listens to is John Burke. Oh, okay. The Heaven yep. One. Yeah. North and Times bestseller. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, people like him. And then uh, literally like fifty listens under it. He's gonna pass them soon, is Denny Patton. Okay. So Denny Patton was a guy who led me to Christ. I am a Christian, and he helped me understand the difference between relationship and religion. And then he also mentored me in, in ministry, uh, brought me into ministry, which is my day job, which is not the aggressive life, although the aggressive life, I guess, is ministry. Let's not tell anybody about that, though. Yeah, we'll keep that under wraps. <laughs> yeah, let keep that under wraps. <laughs> and so I had him on, which what was supposed to be our last conversation of his life uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, a lot of tears on that, a lot of boo-hooing. And um, today I'm going to have on the guy who led Denny to Christ, the guy who actually all good things have happened in me, have actually come through Reed directly or indirectly because he set up uh, kind of a culture and a bunch of things that trickled down to be able to get me. In fact, here's a funny story, not funny, a very powerful story. I had a phone meeting before I had a had time with Denny uh, for our for our podcast, and I put down the phone. I was I was rushing away, and the phone rang. And it was Reedley, I call him Reedley, everybody who I like has a dirt name, It was has, has, has a nickname. Reedley was on there, I was like, Reed Carpenter, never, he never calls me, as, as he shouldn't. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and I, you know, way back when was just a little peon who was enjoying the important things he did in ministry, being able to gather a paycheck from things that he had started, getting wisdom from people he had built into. And i was like, oh, really? I picked him up and said, hey, you got, a, you got a time here to really drill into somebody who's one of the rare ones, who understands what it's like to have a vision and give your life to it. This could be the last conversation he has about that. Make it last, make it work. And I did, he, gave, he just gave me, Great, great impact. It had that podcast go great. He served, this man has served as the president of Leadership Foundations of America for five years. It's a faith-based network driving spiritual and social change in cities. Before that, he was leading the Pittsburgh Leadership Foundation, the head of Vision to make Pittsburgh, more famous for Jesus than it was for Steele at the time, and also started things like helping student ministry people, which is how I got in that. Before that, he was Young Life and was the odds-on favorite, word goes, odds-on favorite to become the president of Young Life and succeed the founder, Jim Rayburn. Before that, he was yada yada yada. We can get all kind of fun stuff. I should actually talk about Reedley. I should actually have him talk about how he has worked. Welcome to The Aggressive Life, Reed Carpenter.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Great to be with all of you. I don't know who all of you are, but I am very grateful to have this chance to chat with you and share whatever wisdom that, uh, I have.
0: Well, man, you've got, you've got a lot of wisdom. I could have had that intro and just talked about the amazing deposits you made in my life for a long, long time. And you've done that because you really exhibit an unbelievable work ethic. Have you ever thought of that before?
1: not in that context i've obviously thought about calling i have thought about uh vision for one's life i have thought about uh, uh steadfastness i've thought about all the ingredients that make a life going in the same direction possible
0: so how would you would you see those things as uh synonymous with work ethic or something that builds into work ethic or just just do us a uh, a mind dump on those things reed cuz
1: well, you've been do, in the game for a long favor, time Brian, yeah, yes do me a favor and de- describe what you mean by work ethic
0: Boy, it's really odd that someone actually asked me a question. I'm so happy right now. Wow, <laughs> I'm so uh, happy. <laughs> that's amazing. I can't tell you how often we have guests on. And say, hey, Brian wants to have a conversation with you, so we'd love if you asked him some questions. Nobody asked Jack. You, with the work ethic you have, you actually ask a question, and we're only five minutes in. I told you Reedley was amazing dirt. You were so right. So, right. <laughs> uh, so well, uh, kind of the the phrase, and, and you knew me, you first knew me or knew of me when I was a boy. Uh, the phrase is, men work and boys play. I like play. I spend a lot of money and time on playing, but I do that to keep me myself fresh for work. Uh, it's why i didn't I didn't excel in college is because I didn't have a work ethic to actually go to school and study and take the test. So when I'm talking about work ethic, I'm saying this is what I have to do, and I'm going to do it even if I'm not getting immediate satisfaction and even if it's uncomfortable uh, because I believe this is going to eventually add value and if I don't do this, then what is the alternative? A man can't a man has to work. Whereas a boy really doesn't want to work. A boy does everything he can to get out of work and being productive and contributing to people's lives and and having a schedule. Whereas a man embraces those things and sees that that's part of how I make a valuable life. So that's how I'm defining work ethic.
1: Thank you. Thank you. This might not be what you want to hear, but the the reason I have a a little strange encounter with that term is the fact that I've never worked. Mm. And, uh, uh, I, I never have considered myself ever having a job. It hasn't come to me that way. And so uh, the, the, the the fact is I, I could use a lot of language now, but I'll, I'll just basically say that I was one of the most fortunate people in the world that God revealed to me early in my life what the purpose of my life was. Very, very, very early in my life, I discovered the purpose of my life. And I am now 84 years old. I have not completed yet the purpose of my life because I'm still fritting here. (laughs) And and so I ain't gonna finish that until I am alone with Jesus asking him whether I completed it or not. And so, uh, yeah, so th- th- that's, I know what question you're asking, and I think it's a fair question for 98% of the people in the world, and I think it describes very, very well manhood versus boyhood. But I also know that, that there are some people who have known from the get-go what they were to be, what they were to do, and what they were uh, to—what burden in life and what joy in life they were to carry.
0: And what is that for you, Reed? What has that been? What's that purpose?
1: The purpose for me is that I've had three kind of interventions of the Holy Spirit. The first one was when I was five years old and some lady asked me if I would commit my life to Jesus Christ and accept him as my Lord and Savior. Now, I didn't know what the heck she was talking about, but I did. I did. I remember like it was yesterday. Okay. The second was at Frontier Ranch when I came to grips with who Jesus really was, the Jesus I never knew. And when I got to know him, I was off the charts with with joy and enthusiasm. Uh, and so at that particular point, I didn't wanna just follow him, I wanted to be like him. I wanted to know him better than I knew anybody in the world and I wanted to make him known. The way that he basically presented himself, so I began that journey, and that journey then led me to Pittsburgh, to, to Young Life, and then to Pittsburgh, and and then then I met Sam Shoemaker on the mountain, and then the, the 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 grand vision for my life was presented to me. And that was to make Pittsburgh as famous for God as it was for steel. So I've committed 60 years to that uh, hopeful achievement, knowing that it will never be achieved in my lifetime and here. But the vision was large enough, compelling enough, incredible enough, exciting enough, non-boring enough. To keep me on my toes for 60 years.
0: And you're working at it. You're on your toes, brother. You're working at it. Right now. (laughs) Right
1: this second.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, it's interesting when you, but when you talk purpose, okay, or this purpose that you have, I hear you using it different than I hear the rest of us use it. Most of us who use that word are... In the paralysis of analysis, we're always trying to analyze what is my purpose, and I can't do anything until I have my purpose, and, oh, I can't really work hard until I have my purpose. I've known you uh, decades, and while you've had that kind of same North Star of that passion for Christ in Pittsburgh— the number of things you've done for a living or work, your quote-unquote work, when I'm using work, has been different. I mean, one moment it's student ministry. Another moment it's managing an organization of people who are dealing with student ministry. You're starting an organization called the Pittsburgh Leadership Foundation. You're helping other people do other, I mean, you've, that's, that's morphed. So you're, you're not just kind of waiting for on high the message to come before you work or, or are you? How does that work?
1: Well, it's a great question. I mean, I think we all assimilate these things differently. You know, the, the privilege of my life, uh, Brian, has been that uh, the Lord has given me vehicles in in which uh, to move and have my being. I mean, the fact is you had no clue what you were doing when you went to Cincinnati, but God God gave you a vehicle in which to exercise your gifts. You didn't have that necessarily. In my opinion, you didn't have clarity on that when you went there. You you obeyed you obeyed a a, a calling and went there, but you didn't have you didn't have tracks to run on. You you God honed those tracks so that you would have a vehicle that has given you the opportunity to do podcasts. I mean, this just didn't happen. This happened because you got into the right lane in order to exercise the movement of the spirit in your life. And, uh, and so that's what happened to me along the way. I mean, it didn't, I didn't figure this out. God figured it out, but he gave me, he gave me lanes. He set up, Lanes for me to run on in. And, uh, you know, yes, they were organizational. Yes, I mean, I raised billions of dollars in my lifetime for things that matter, things that I was called to see and do. But I didn't ever sit down and figure that out. I simply got myself in the path of Revelation, knowing that the book of Acts has not ended.
0: Mm.
1: It's, 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 it's an ongoing drama that I happen to have a place in.
0: Oh, dude. Now I'm taking notes on you. I'm actually preaching this week on the book of Acts and you just freaking, (laughs) you just helped me bring that whole talk together. Book of Acts has not ended. That's good. It's not the book of thoughts either. It's not the book of intentions. It's the book of Acts. People working towards the purpose of God. That's that's just fantastic. I, I don't want to pass, folks. This wasn't a typo that you lost in the verbal quality of our podcast. Reed said, "B billions, b billions, billions, not muh, b." That's that's really impressive that you could raise that amount of money for the purpose of God, and. No one on this podcast probably knows your name, which is exactly the way you want it. You don't want attention to yourself. You you want the attention on God and the work that he's calling you and others to.
1: Amen. You know, it, there's a lot of ways to look at this, Brian. It's not that just that you raise money, money. But when you take a look at the enterprises that you have been used by God to create, before you came along, they weren't. All they were was, in the mind of God, he chose you to carry out what he's already decided to carry out, okay? Now, when you drop that dime in the water and you watch what happens, I'll just give you one example. You know, I'll never forget it. When the idea of a World Vision Distribution Center came across my plate, okay, We did that in order for the Pittsburgh Leadership Foundation to have a vehicle that would make money for our future. It was a a for-profit corporation that we created. But what we discovered that God had a different mind. And so we helped World Vision create their World Distribution Center. Mm. Well. When you drop that, let's say eight hundred thousand dollars into the water which we invested, then guess what? Mm. God comes along billions of dollars of goods and services for the poor all over the world. So it it from the standpoint of entrepreneurship of the kingdom, it's it it, it it's a magnitude. Of, of blessing when you are in God's will and you're creating things that matter to Jesus. You you will have never any idea how much money you have raised for the kingdom of God because you've been faithful in your in your ministry. I mean, it's unbelievable. Just money-wise, this isn't necessarily just cash this is impetus this is this is this is a tiger fund
0: yeah. you know right <clears throat> you mentioned a word or you're at least describing this word if you haven't mentioned it the word faithful just faithful when I was when I was younger if you had asked me do you want to be faithful or do you want to be fruitful I said I'll take fruitful all day long give I want to put points up in the board i want I want to, I want to accomplish things. The older I am, I want to be fruitful. I want to be part of things that are putting points in the board and growing new things under the the guidance of God and lives are changing and more people whose lives are changing and more people were helped, more people brought out of poverty. All that's kind of fruit. I want that. But, man, I tell you what, I've seen enough people who appear to be very, very fruitful and they just got squashed at the fruit stand on the side of the road. Their fruit just dried up. They didn't have staying power. I tell you what, I'm up for good old fashioned faithfulness these days. And that's what's inspiring for me, Reed. I wasn't sure where I wanted to take our conversation, but I knew having a guy on who's 84 years old can always tell us something about something because you've been faithful, brother, faithful for decades and decades. Wow. Does that want to add to that? Is that, that must not be a new thought to you. You must feel sometimes like you're a a lonely person, that there's not a lot of people like you. I feel that increasingly only being 57 is like the flavor of the month keeps dropping off by the wayside and people keep dropping out or whatever, or people my own age retiring. And I'm still going and I'm going, if I'm I'm you, I got to feel really weird. Do you feel weird?
1: no because i've been privileged to be around brian uh, a lot of people who have and i i still am people who have been faithful and are still going my brother's 86 the guy that led me to christ is 93 <laughs> i mean i'm 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 surrounded by by people who who really have stayed the course and uh so i've had wonderful 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 role models and uh uh now the the fact of the matter is that unless you have been given unction by the holy spirit to stay the course okay i w- my marriage was gone 10 years i was separated from my wife right those were black dark unbelievable challenging years on the f- on the basis that my performance, my capacity, my ability was not going to stand up in terms of a a life of productive faithfulness.
0: Mm.
1: I ran out of gas. So we all look back over our shoulders and see those unbelievable cavernous pits that we know we should have fallen in and never gotten up but because we've experienced the overwhelming grace of God and he's restored us out of that black hole and given the nature of our purpose legs new legs upon which to run right yeah i could i could talk about Events. I've had a tough year this past year. I've mm-hmm. had cancer. I have had cervical spine surgery. Mm-hmm. I've lost the shoulder. I had to have it replaced. All in one year. Wow. And uh, the the fact of the matter wow. is that I learned more about Jesus in the uh, in what I call the uh, the cancer ward. Mm-hmm. You know, I call it the, the chemo depot. <laughs> I mean those. Yeah. Those places are where Jesus is. Hmm. I learned more about Jesus in those places than I can even possibly tell you. So I don't know, to to your listener, uh, my my greatest plea is how much are you getting to know Jesus? This is what I stare at, you know, every day.
0: Picture of Jesus. Can you see it? Yeah, I can't see it, yes.
1: This is my man. (laughs) That's been the joy and the delight of my life. And I happened to meet you on that journey of trying to make this man known and grab a hold of your imagination. Look what he has done with your imagination, Brian. Yeah. You are crazy (laughs) because he's taken your imagination and, and thrust it way beyond most people. Hmm. And so I have to I have to imagine that it's not because you have some magic dust but I have to imagine that you're in love with Jesus Christ and that you know him pretty well.
0: I am uh, i, I don 't know him as well as I think I do, in large part because I thought I knew him really well ten years ago. i didn 't know him as well ten years ago as I thought I did because of how I know him now. So yes, yeah, you 're right about that. I wonder how, I had a whole bunch of questions for you or some i 'll get to, but one of them was like what you 're already answering without me even saying it was how how do you stay fresh? what do you do to last? And you already answered part of that question. Anyway, you were like, you, you're having fresh experiences. You're you're learning new things. You're, you're going into cancer, cancer surgery, which is called chemo depot. <laughs> you're going into chemo depot going, oh, goody, I might learn something new about Jesus today. Oh, a new learning environment. That's not normal, people. Most people just are in a perpetual pity party about themselves and anything that's difficult instead of twisting the script in their mind and going, hey, this is a fresh adventure. I might learn something about God, the kingdom made myself as a result of this. Has that been something you've always done in your life or is this something you've worked hard to acquire?
1: Brian, one of the great privileges of my life is hanging out with the poor. As you know, I've uh, had a lifetime of being in very difficult situations with 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 uh, the issues, not just the people who are poor, but the issues that are because of poverty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Jesus has made it very clear that that's where He spends time, and where we get to see Him in His distressed disguise. And the fact is. I've had the privilege of knowing him in those places in the Lower East Side of New York. I mean, in racial conflicts and shootings, and I mean, you know, I, I've I've had you know I've hung out with gangbangers and the Joe Blannies of this world, and you know, watched these guys go down. And so, I, my 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 taste buds when it comes to looking for Jesus I've developed some pretty pretty significant taste buds and uh uh and cuz I kind of know what I'm looking for cuz I, I I've hung ar- out with Jesus long enough to know where he hangs out and who he hangs out with and how he hangs out so that's been that's been really one of the great 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 privileges of my life I mean you I have never, ever, one time, since I said yes to Jesus' plan for my life, I've never been bored.
0: Mm. That's good. Uh, That's great. Never been bored. That is, that's awesome.
1: By the way, do you remember Jim Rayburn saying, did you hear this quoted? The greatest sin in the world is to bore a high school kid with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. You can't get a worse sin than that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I've I've taken that. A lot of people—that's that that's a really critical thing. If you want to understand me, is I, I get accused all the time of being um, juvenile and childlike and all that stuff, and I say— well, thank you, thank you very much. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, I think I you you drilled that into me of, hey, things should be fun. There should be some excitement. There should be some silliness, some stupidness, all that stuff. And um, you drilled that quote into me, and and I still think that if it, it's a sin to bore somebody who comes to hear you speak, it's a sin to bore somebody who comes to church for seventy minutes. Amen. It's a sin. It's awful. You're you're being freaking lazy. You're serious. You're talking about work ethic? You're being lazy and not thinking about a 70-minute experience that could be uh, capturing. You know, the, the, the people who think that there's extra extra stars on your forehead from God when you craft a boring experience— or that you actually somehow get dinged by God when you craft an experience that wows people and keeps their attention, that thinking is weird. Let me, tell you, let me tell you why things don't keep people's attention. Somebody isn't working. Somebody isn't spending time to be creative. Somebody isn't being vulnerable enough to share something about themselves that's uncomfortable. These are the kind of work ethic things I'm talking about. And I think your your question there, your statement there, go back to Jim Rayburn, just reminds me of that.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that also, I don't know what you do in, in your worship services, because I've never attended one.
0: I worship God. But- we, we, we worship God. That's what we do. We worship God.
1: <laughs> Amen. We
0: God. Yes.
1: Well, that's that's beautiful. But one of the ways <laughs> to do that is to let. One of the ways to do that is let lay people tell their stories yeah. about what Jesus has done for them last week. We never get to hear fresh stories about what Jesus is doing, and so I think. That every service ought to have somebody standing up saying, "Let me tell you about what Jesus said you know yes. that sort of thing, but at any rate, I think that I think that that fresh layman's you know uh, you know tough guys they say you know if they have to say bullshit that there's no go ahead, say it, whatever. Just be real.
0: Amen. Yes. Big news: pre-sales for the next two books in the Five Marks of a Man library are open right now. It's almost like we could say the Five Marks of a Man trilogy. Almost. Yeah. There's like almost. Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then there's the Five Marks. Trilogy. Five Marks of trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not quite the same <laughs> the same writing quality but but close close very close close, very close. so this is, includes a repackaged edition of the original along with updated artwork and a new preface and an all-new tactical guide designed to be used with a group of like-minded dudes giving you challenges, prompts, discussion questions to work the marks into your life. Take my word for it, this isn't your grandmother's fill-in-the-blank guide. It's unlike anything you may have experienced before in written form. Pre-order either book, and you'll get access to a limited edition five marks poster. Get all the details and claim your poster over at bryantome.com slash five mark that's com slash five marks now back to the show i've got a i was on a text thread with uh, some of your other disciples if you will it's an ongoing thread with some of the folks that are far down your downline uh chris mcclain glenn campbell uh just, just a bunch, just a bunch of folks like that, right? Uh, Ramsey, Long, Ramsey Longacre, Rick Hubler. I mean, a lot of these names you probably don't even know, you know, some of them. But there's just a lot. Of you. Well, you, you, when you live your life faithfully, you got a great work ethic or you go after your purpose, however you want to define it, stuff happens. Well, this, this photo, they didn't know that I was having you on the aggressive life. And I don't even know how it came up, but this photo came to me last week. I'm going to show it to you. Reed and I are on, on Zoom, see if you can see that photo. <laughs> it's a photo for those uh it's a photo of three guys christa Faisio, an old friend of mine who died a year ago uh reed carpenter in the middle and um and glenn campbell in campbell, there as yeah. well all covered in mud entirely head-to-toe covered mud we used to do these weekends where we take kids away and try to share the gospel with them and we have to do stupid things just to keep engaged and whenever there was a uh, a rainstorm or f- shoot, we would make a rainstorm. We would go get every hose we could, <laughs> just find dirt and, and wet it down. And we would have a massive mud fight. And I th- here's this picture of Reed. And I, I figured you're about here. You're older than I am right now, or at least the age that I am right now. Here's 57 year old Reedley. He's covered the head to toe in mud all over your face. And I'm going, gosh, I don't, if I'm showing up to a youth event and there's a mud fight, I think I'm going to laugh. I think I'm going to endorse it. I think I'm going to tell people to do it. I think I'm going to run interference if someone says, we shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. I'll, I'll be all in on that, but I'm going, I don't know if I'm getting in the mud puddle. I don't know. I, I'm really challenged by that. That's an aggressive move that you made. Like I don't know if you remember that or not, but it's just the heart of, you called it unction, I'm not sure what unction means, but I like it. That heart of unction, of aggressiveness, getting involved, jumping in, diving in. Give us, if you remember anything about that day or anything about anything, give us a little mini sermon on it.
1: Well, we had 400 kids at Laurelville that weekend. <laughs> you actually called, remember, wow. Oh my gosh, it's called <laughs> the Holy... The, Brian, it's called the Holy Mud Weekend. (laughs) More kids met Christ that weekend than any other weekend that we ever had at Laurelville. Okay? Yep. And the fact is that that mud event was not planned. It poured down rain, and the kids went out and did what kids do. And then we all jumped in. Because we thought that was the funniest, the most hilarious. <laughs> I mean, if you saw Chris and Glenn Campbell, I mean, it was just.
0: We were all covered in it. All, all of us were covered in it, but I was 20. So go ahead. Keep going.
1: <laughs> At Laurelville right now, there is a mud pit. Every single Laurelville, everybody gets into the mud. And obviously we have found that that is very, very, very wonderful for the gospel, for people to get totally and completely muddy and then get washed off. It is a phenomenal picture of what happens when we bathe ourselves in the spirit.
0: Wow. Hold on. This is make sure I'm understanding this. I was there. I remember this happened. I was a part of it. You're saying since then, this has become institutionalized, where it's now almost a rite of passage. Exactly. Wow, that's yep. awesome. Jeez, that's really cool.
1: It's so deep, deeply theological. Really, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a, it. At what point do kids today not only have fun? but need to get dirty to let themselves go so that they can see clearly who and what they are and when you emerge out of a mud pit and fall into the arms of people that you love who are also muddy mm. it's one of the great 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 ways that what we call counselors but friends of kids can relate to them mm. Mud to mud,
0: man. I might now you got my creative juices going. We have you know a, a big camp thing that we do: man camp, woman camp, vet camp, father son camp, mother daughter camp, uh, band member chihuahua camp. I mean, just all kind of <laughs> all kind of camps. It's one of those unique things we do, uh, or I'm doing. I'm at this stage of my life. Read, I'm I'm no longer on the path of make crossroads bigger i want crossroads to get bigger but my best creativity isn't going towards organizational dynamics my uh my best creativity i want to go to new wineskin things that could reach a new generation or a new type of person that no other organization or church has a shot with and camps is one of them for us I'm doubling down and putting massive money into it. We have people from all over the country that are coming to these rough experiences, pitching tents. Um, it's been pretty cool. And this is a fascinating one. I I've never thought we have baptisms at the end. I've never thought about having actually a mud pit where you could have fun. I mean, grown men doing this or even intentionally get muddy before you get baptized that's interesting. Yeah, oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, right. It's That's, it's a it's a physical representation for who you are. Fascinating. Wow. All right. Yeah, you're 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 ringing my bell right now, man. This is this is this is strong. So I'd like you to maybe react to this. Your uh your older faithful. I found a statistic, and if you would not mind, I'd love to hear what your what your take on this is. Well, uh, there's a study that I ran across that said that. 56% of the workforce is likely to look for a new job in the next 12 months. 56% of everybody who has a job is going to try to find a new job in the next 12 months. In 2022, that number was 51%. Uh, so that we just keep climbing, climbing that we're less apt to stay in our job and keep trying to find another job. Do you have any opinion as to why that is? What's going on with us or our economy?
1: Well, I I think that we're living in incredibly, incredibly difficult times, Brian. I don't know whether this is an unraveling that is going on everywhere. I feel it. Most people feel it. They don't know quite how to describe it. But nonetheless, it's happening, kind of a, a downward spiral culturally and so forth. And I think that that is very pervasive in the workplace. I don't want to pontificate about things I don't really know about, but I do believe that we're living in these times where it forces everybody thinking that that job that they do have right now is not going to last. That's the mindset that I think we're in. So there is this business of looking to find out if there's a better one out there, especially because so many industries need people right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good word unraveling and I've heard we've been saying that for a long long time, but it just seems like there's just more and more evidence of the unraveling and the signs yeah. are, you know, the, the runaway the runaway growth of mental illness, the runaway growth of suicide, the runaway increase in mass shootings, the the runaway decrease in the number of people who want to get married, the number of – I mean, all, there's so many indicators are just not good. And they're just getting – they're getting worse. And it comes down to this lack of connective tissue, I think, that we have as a culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question, if I may. When it, when it comes to this unraveling, when it comes to what <clears throat> happens to be on the other side of that unraveling, uh, whether or not, I can remember being on top of Mount Washington when Sam gave that vision for Pittsburgh. I'll never forget this because it's it's, it's at the heart of my belief, okay? Yeah. When he said to Don James and me, Boys, and we were, behold your city. Mm. Behold your turn around, turn around. You're up on Mount Washington. Don't look at me. Look at your city. Mm. Now tell me what you see. What do you see when you see your city? Well, I tell you, Brian, what I saw, I saw two things. I heard the words that behold. A new Jerusalem. I behold, I saw a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. It's not something we're building from the earth up. It's something that has been established, and it's coming down from heaven. Mm -hmm. So our job is to call it down, pray it down, work it down, because it already exists. Not something we have to make up. And the other thing I saw, which was very fascinating to me, I'm sitting there looking at the third largest corporate town in America. So there is Westinghouse, and there is U.S. Steel, and there is Gulf Oil, and there is Pittsburgh Pirates, and there, across the skyline. And what I saw was that Jesus already had a plan to infiltrate the workplace. It's called the church. His people. It's called the people of God. They're already there. Right. They're already there. But they've never basically identified themselves as being emissaries of Jesus and his kingdom in that place. Yes. They haven't been trained to be that. And so they just go and occupy space and get a paycheck. So I think that we've got the strategy, we've got the capacity, because at Procter and Gamble today, while we're on this call, there are Christians from your church in Procter and Gamble serving Jesus today, right now. Right. So the mobile, the mobilization of what is already there is pretty, uh, uh, you know, it's very, very profound and very provocative. I 'm just wondering what what emphasis in your in your ministry on this whole work thing are you putting on 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 that strategy of god
0: Well, I think the main thing i 'm trying to do whenever I see folks is help them to see that you don't graduate from the workplace, the corporation, your private business, you don't graduate from there to a religious nonprofit. You don't try to work your way up the kingdom ladder and maybe someday you'll be quote unquote in ministry, which is defined as getting a paycheck from some religious organization. You're you're where you are right now to do the work of God where you are right now, whether it's a bricklayer or a marketer, you're where you are right now. And we need to represent Jesus and, and have a great work ethic. For him, while we do our jobs, I was just the other day. I was, man, it's so good. I think I'm going to mention this this weekend when I preach. Is Lib and I just got a new washer and dryer, and uh, I, I paid the extra to have it delivered. So the guys come up and they deliver it, and uh, you know they're they're leaving. They leave, and of course the washing machine doesn't work. Of course it doesn't work. It's a brand new one. It doesn't work. So then I'm on the phone and figuring out who I got to talk to. And the phone message says, you can text us at this message here, get better, faster service. So now I'm, I'm texting a specific number. And finally I get past the bot and an actual person comes on and, and, you know, this person's trying to solve my problem and, and they got as far as they could. And I think they did solve it. I guess I got to get a whole new one basically. But anyway, the end of it, this person goes, well, let me, let me just read it because I, I I took a picture of it because I was so inspired, actually. Here it says, um, he says, uh, after, after you get the new one, he says this, quote, we would love to hear how it went. I pray you have a blessed rest of your week. And I thought, well, here's a person from Home Depot who didn't yeah. get the corporate political correctness memo. You're actually bringing <laughs> like godly language in. I, I assume you're a Christian. Even if you're not, you're just trying to bless somebody. I pray you're letting a customer who I've not expressed my faith, you're letting me know that you actually believe in prayer. You're talking about a blessed week, not that you have a lucky week that if things go well, that God actually has his hand in your life. And I just thought, okay, this is a person, even, even as they're texting somebody they don't know through a helpline, they're trying to put their faith in action. That's pretty cool.
1: That's good. That's great.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. I like it. So <clears throat> I don't think I've figured it out yet, Reed, but I, I know that we've got to not help people th- think that their next job is the one they can really serve Christ in. The current job right now is where God has them and where he wants them to serve. And it starts with giving an honest day wage. And if you're working from home, or as Elon Musk has said, if you're not working from home, if you're choosing to not work from home, if you're working at home, man, we just got to have great work ethics and putting our time in on the computer at home instead of at the cubicle. Amen. So I want to I want to just end our time. This has nothing to do with work. I I well, it could, but I'd be really remiss if I didn't learn from a spiritual hero here how to be 84 and last. You know, you're you're 27 years beyond me. You still have vision and dreams and energy what do I do as a as a 57 year old or what does the 27 year old do to to last to be faithful to maintain that unction to to be a hard worker what 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 have you done to to last and to keep going because I compare you to other people I know your age in my own family and it's like night and day it's it's just not the same so w- what have you done or what? Should I do?
1: One is that within the last twenty years, I I became a Catholic, and in that regard, one of the things that has been most 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 precious to me is the the uh, Eucharist and that the the the, the, uh, the sacraments because they 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 do not depend on human achievement they do not depend on the ability of the communicator it's 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 mystery and it's substantive i'm speaking very personally now i'm not uh, trying to sell anybody anything but this is one of the ways that i was at mass this morning and i received a fresh dose of jesus and uh and it it tingles my life it charges my battery and it 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 brings me great joy okay so that's one answer each one of us are responsible for finding that man, that manna on a daily basis that we can scrape either off the ground or off somebody else's ground or somewhere that we can feed on and be nurtured by.
0: That's great. The
1: second th- the, oh, let me stop right there. The second th-
0: let me stop right there. That's so deep. Let me make, make sure I hear it. So you're not necessarily giving an advertisement for the Eucharist and becoming a Catholic. What you're mainly saying is that for you is a way you found to stay fresh. And all of us have got to find a way to stay fresh daily. Scra- I love that, scrape the dew off the ground, scrape the man, awesome, right?
1: And, 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 and make sure that whatever it is that you discover is not dependent on your effort. There we go. That's where we get all bagged up. We don't know how to live by grace. Boy, if there's anything I found out during this cancer, I had thousands of people praying, and I basically referred to it as an experience. It was an avalanche of grace. Avalanche of grace. Yeah. Okay. We've got to find places where grace is pregnant, Mm. grace is not a noun, grace is a verb. And it basically affects our whole life. And I, I think one other little thing is that, you know, I've had, you've had, the reason we love each other and we, we tune into one another is the fact that we're part of each other. We got the same DNA, okay? And the fact of the matter is that you, myself, One of the greatest gifts we've been given is each other. I love to hear from you. I love to hear from you. I love to laugh. I love to tell stories. I love to hear what God is doing in you, through you, with you, and your beautiful wife. The fact of the matter is... That we've got each other, and that's about as good as it gets. There mm-hmm. is no greater, there's no greater reality yeah. than friendship and relationships in the matter of journeying together through this mick, this mess we're in. So I've had, uh, you know, when people ask me, "Do you want more friends?" I say, "Please, no." I don't need any more friends. I got more friends now than I've ever had in my life, and they mean more to me than they ever have. And uh, so I would just basically salute the most simple and the basic realities in terms of your congregation the when you're talking to. Make sure that they are harnessed to some people. Who really, really love them, know them, support them, and can go into battle with them?
0: This is uh, this is really refreshing for me. Uh, really, I've been going down the rabbit hole of some of these <clears throat> MDs and gurus about how to live longer and what the key is to having your last decade be fruitful. And there's a lot of good stuff, it, and it's really, really good. Yeah. Um. Uh. And reading those books or listening to those podcasts. Uh, and been incorporating a lot of stuff. But I'll tell you one of the things that finally just starts to wear on me. It's like, it's like religion. It's like another form of worn out religion. Now, this is what you have to do. You have to be in the top 10% VO2 max. And this is what you do. You have to have this much, uh, you have to be able to hang from a, a, a chin-up bar for two minutes and have grip strength. And this is what you have to do. You have to build up to be able to carry your entire body weight in each hand or half your body weight in each hand. For And this is what you do. You have to make sure your sleep is this. And you have to, and, and, and it's all these rules, all these regulations. And... It's, I start going. Oh my gosh! This is like a fifteen year all over again. Of like, now I got a new religion. All these things I got to do in order to be approved of, in order to have a long life. And I believe in a lot of these things. I'm doing a lot of these things. But you're not talking of those things. You're talking about my spiritual, mental, emotional health. You're talking about getting outside of the living longer cult. You're talking about getting an encounter with God and having Him give to you what you can't manufacture on your own. And that's how you're lasting. Is that right?
1: Well, I would say, I would say yes, 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 yes. But I would also say that when you're in this spot of following God's will and looking over your shoulder and seeing the faithfulness of God, this is, I don't know how much more time we have, but one of the things I wanted to share with you before we end is I, I think the, one of the new revelations to me over this last really two months as I have, you know, wandered in this this uh, uh, place of, uh, you know, so much physical ailment, so much uh, challenge, uh, it's like my body is deteriorating But my spirit is soaring. I I, I can hardly contain the unction that I feel in my spirit, okay? Because I'm on my way home. I'm going home. There's a place prepared for me. And I'm going to go home. But I'm not going to go until he's finished with whatever he has for me to do. So this business about trying to stay alive longer i mean for the follower of jesus that's almost sort of bullshit you know i mean i don't want to stay alive any longer than he wants me alive
0: okay? yeah, yeah you're right it is it is uh, the, the folks who are really into this and put this stuff out there which i'm really thankful for to a person they're atheist or agnostic to a person as far as I could tell because they have nothing else to live for because for them, this, That's life, right. this life is all there is. So if this life is all there is, it's all about me and I got to have me last longer instead of maybe, maybe you need to take an aggressive move and start doing some things that are more risky that might cause you to die sooner. Maybe you need to start enjoying That's your right. life <laughs> and having a couple of cigarettes and enjoy your life because you're going to have a better one the next time. Maybe you ought to do that. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> there, there, I finally made you laugh. <laughs>
1: there's, there's nobody can utter a statement like you just made any better than Brian Tall because <laughs> uh, he's probably smoking a couple of cigarettes behind the barn door.
0: Uh, no, no, on my front, on my front deck actually, on my front porch is where it happens. <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you, just be with you. I'll cl- I'll, I'll close out with this. Um, Lib and I have talked before. One of our biggest, biggest mistakes in life, or Lib's greatest or, or regret, I wish she was here. I should have told her you were c- coming on because I'd have had her, had her on. Is do you remember when oh, Lib and I? Great. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I'm, I'm talking to you now. I'm thinking, talk about connection. Lib and I need to come down to Florida, hang out with you and Carol, you know, for, at least for a dinner or something like that. I'm, I'm serious. I would come down there just for that because we need to rectify or I mean, rectify (laughs) something from years ago. I was brand new married. I went out golfing the first time, uh, while after I was married with Eric Taylor, we talk about this, Brad Hederson, good friends of mine. And Lib calls me on the golf course. She calls me on the golf course and she says, where are you? And I said, um, I'm, I'm golfing. I mean golfing, you're walking 18 holes back then. You're, you know, you're probably 5 hours one on a weekend waiting for people. Some you are still golfing. Their dad is, you know, never golf. She didn't know. I said, "Yes." So I end up like running the last holes to get home to my bride who's made this beautiful dinner and then you call. You called. Said, "Hey, Caroline or uh, the North Hills and um just thought maybe you guys want to have dinner," which was shocking. I I like I was a nobody then and why was Reed thinking of me? And I called Lib, I said, Hey, you never get Reed Carpenter called him and Carol. They want to go out for dinner. Of course she yeah, had this dinner was made and she, cause I had not told her what was going to happen with golf. She was just on edge. She's like, Oh, I can't do that. And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I won't push it. you right. You worked hard to do dinner. And I, I, I think I said, honey, this, this, these don't come around very often. They don't come around very often. And we talk regularly that that, that, that opportunity never came around again. And she talks, but man, I wish I would have understood that. I would have said, who who cares about the, the meal and stuff like that. I just say that to say, when you have an opportunity to connect with somebody personally, relationally on a friend level, it doesn't matter what's on your agenda. It doesn't matter how much you've done for something else or how much you prepare for something else take advantage of that ability to connect. And that's why, Reed, I think one of the reasons why you've lasted so long is everybody meets you and they feel like they're your best friend. Gil Hopkins, who, who died years ago, who's another spiritual grandfather of mine, who was here in Pittsburgh, and you and Gil used to do a lot of stuff together before, back in Young Life days, he would marvel all the time. He said, man, Reed meets somebody one time and he remembers their name and he might see them at a Young Life Ranch event two years later and he remembers their name. You have this ability to make everybody feel like they're the most important person in the world because when you're with us, you're really with us. Thank you. Yeah, I wish I could do it. I wish I could be like you in that area. Like remember those names. I don't know how you're doing it. I wish I want to be like you in many ways. That's one of the ways I want to be more like you. So, Reed, is there anything you want to end with? And with anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about, this is also time to advertise anything you want to advertise, give an ask for anything. Just uh, I've, I've kind of dictated the pace of conversation. So anything you want to touch on before we sign
1: out? The, the, the real calling, uh, Brian, of my life is really wrapped up in John 17, John 17 I think is the most uh, uh under under preached about under practiced reality because it recalled it it causes us to ponder uh you know Jesus prayed for you in that prayer he prayed for me in that prayer and uh the 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 fact of the matter is that that prayer was the longest Longest prayer ever recorded in the scriptures, and, uh, and, uh, and it's not redundant. It's, uh, it, it, it's alive and well. So I pray for you and your church. I pray for Cincinnati. I pray for the body of Christ in Cincinnati. I know the thing that I would like you to think about is the fact that God has has raised you up and your congregation, and your wife, and your family as a demonstration of what the kingdom of God is supposed to act like, look like, smell like, be like, and I get a chance down here in Florida to hear all kinds of people from Cincinnati give witness to what is going on in your community, okay? They don't care whether you're Catholic or whether you're this or whether you're that or whether you're this or that. They just recognize the fact that this is a place where the kingdom of God is relevant and reaching out. But I think its ultimate purpose is to connect the body of Christ for the sake of of Jesus and his cause and for the sake of Cincinnati and its potential to become the city that God created it to be. So I'm, I'm very bullish about the church. I'm very bullish about the fact that this is the last hurrah for the church. We're, we definitely, in my opinion, are in those last days where we as the church have really got to take seriously what we look like, what we taste like, what we think like, and and so forth. So I just want to thank you and your people, whoever's listening to this, to just uh, be a little bit of a cheerleading co- corner, that there's, there's a world out there that is being fed manna, from the results of uh of your your work and effort so thank you
0: well uh, i don't know if i should say you're welcome to that i just say thank you for making all possible because if you're not faithful doing what god had asked you to do way back when in pittsburgh actually before i was born there's not an infrastructure to me to come into that enables me to come to faith. And there's not somebody who I can look to that gives me a model for leadership that's uh, outside of the book and it's inspiring. So I love you, man. I respect you. I respect you to death. You're amazing. You're, uh, you're fantastic. So, hey, hey, let's wrap it up. Hey, everybody. It's called The Aggressive Life. I don't know what you've gotten out of this. I don't know what you got. Did you get uh, a key to how to keep your faith fresh if you have faith? Did you get an idea of how to increase your work ethic? You know, you know what this is called the aggressive life, not the interesting thoughts life, because we want to actually work on the things that we've learned. That's what men do. Men work. They put into practice what they've learned. So I, I know you've learned something today. Why don't you work at it, work at it hard, and we'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Thanks for joining us on this journey toward aggressive living. Find more resources, articles, past episodes and live events over at bryantome.com. Pre-orders for my new books, a repackaged edition of the Five Marks of a Man and a brand new Five Marks of a Man tactical guide are open right now on Amazon. If you haven't yet, leave this podcast a rating and review. It really helps the show in front of new listeners. And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.